You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hello, you're listening to episode 201 of the Blended Family Podcast. And over here in Florida, we are just wrapping up the end of the school year. We've got dance recitals this weekend and graduation parties, and two of them are finished now. We finished last week, and of course, two of ours are already graduated. So um, it's pretty chaotic here at the end of the year, and I'm sure you guys understand uh when it comes to kids, it's always crazy at the end of the year. And now we're kind of trying to plan out the summer. And I don't know about you guys, my kids are a little bit older now, so I don't have to plan as much as I used to. But I remember when they were younger, I would have to kind of like plan out my weeks in advance so that they wouldn't be bored every five minutes. Because I remember how difficult it was keeping them occupied. And so we used to do the free movie and we used to do the library and sometimes I would put them in camps. Um, Now that my kids are older and they're driving, I don't really have to entertain them anymore. What I do have to do is make sure that there's enough food in this house because pretty much they spend most of the day just eating. And so keeping the food stocked in the house is gonna be my job this summer. So anyways, uh, just a couple of announcements today, and then we'll get right into I've got a great interview for you guys with another podcaster, uh, Jesse Norman, and you guys are going to absolutely love her. Uh, but first, a couple of announcements. The first thing I want to talk about is in the Facebook group, and I haven't had to discuss this in a while, and you guys know every now and then I like to just go over the rules again And mostly you guys are fantastic in there and I haven't had too many issues. But again, I don't get to moderate every post and I definitely don't get to read through all of the threads, even if I see the initial post. And I do count on a lot of you guys to help me out with that. If you see somebody that's not being kind, uh, please report it to me or anything. Also, any kind of advertisements, things that aren't really allowed in the group, just let me know. But I did end up catching something the other day that was just slightly disappointing to me, and I'm not going to call anybody out, but there was a woman who came into the group with a concern in her marriage, in her blended family, and she really, she started off her question by saying, I'm looking for some encouragement here, and then of course she went into talking about her issue, and somebody responded with basically, you need to just leave that relationship. And I really don't advise people telling anybody to do that, especially somebody that said, I'm looking for encouragement. When somebody says they're looking for encouragement, that really means that they're looking for encouragement. Like, what can I do here to make this better? Maybe give me some tips, some strategies, tell me I'm not crazy, whatever it is. But encouragement is definitely not saying leave that relationship. The only time I ever really would advise anybody to do that, and I really don't think I ever do, but it would only be if there was abuse going on, some major red flags, things like that. But the thing of it is with leaving a relationship is that every single blended family starting out in the first three to five years 
has almost identical challenges. Obviously, they're all a little bit different and every family is very unique, but we all struggle with a lot of the same challenges when we're starting to form a blended family. So if we tell somebody, just leave that relationship, well, the chances are you're going to have to find a new relationship and it's likely going to have the same kind of issues starting out, unless, of course, you find somebody that has not previously been divorced or had kids. But let's face it, the way of the world right now, we're mostly meeting new people that have kids that have been divorced. And so rather than just trying to jump from relationship to relationship, my advice is usually, okay, let's try to figure out these issues because once you get all these issues figured out, then your blended family runs much more smoothly. But you're never going to figure it out unless you figure it out. You just jump in and you learn and you grow from it. So I just kind of wanted to point that out for, for people that are in that group. And by the way, if you're not part of the group, come and join us, blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group. It's free to join. And it really is an uplifting community. But I just want to remind everybody to be mindful when you're in there to be sure that you are not being judgmental and to be sure that if somebody asks for encouragement, give them encouragement. If they ask for advice, then go ahead and give them advice. Um, but people usually kind of let you know in their question what they're looking for. And I just never believe in telling people to just quit things unless there is really, really a good reason. And this particular person, um, I didn't see a reason for that. So that was all I wanted to say about the group. And again, I'm not being real picky here. I hardly ever have to say anything about you guys because you guys are always so awesome to one another. And I truly appreciate you guys helping me to keep that a great community for all of us. Um, and then I just wanted to share with you a finance tip of the week. I haven't done that in a little bit, and I really do enjoy giving you those little tidbits because we all know that blended families struggle with finances, most of us. I mean, it's just a fact. So today's finance tip, I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about life insurance, actually. And the reason I want to is because most people don't understand life insurance, therefore they don't have life insurance. And what happens with people that don't have is that, God forbid, when somebody passes away, the family is scrambling, trying to come up with money to not only to bury them, but to help pay the mortgage, to help put food on the table, to help take care of the kids. And it's very, very important that people have this coverage. But like I said, most people don't because they don't understand it. And so I'm just going to share with you uh, some facts today about life insurance so that you do understand. And of course, knowing that you can always reach out to me anytime to understand further. If you want to get together over the computer, we can set up a call and I can answer all of your questions in more detail. But what I wanted to share with you today is the differences in term life insurance, and permanent, because not everybody knows that. Now, term is going to cover you for a period of time, 20, 30, 40 years, whatever you get, and it only pays out if somebody passes away. And of course, now we do have term with living benefits, which is great because a lot of people towards the end of their life might come down with a medical issue, whether it's cancer or anything else serious like that, that you can actually access and use some of that money to help you pay for those medical expenses and things while you're alive, which is really, really amazing. Uh, but generally, term is just for a period of time and only pays out if you pass away. Now, permanent insurance covers you for your whole entire life. And permanent has some extra perks that a lot of people don't know about. 
permanent insurance allows you in many cases to access some of that money while you're alive, not just if you pass away and not just for living benefits either for all kinds of things. The money can help supply your retirement income, can help cover college education expenses for the kids, of course, final expenses, funeral and things like that. You can create inheritance for your family. You can use it to pay taxes. You can use it as a general savings bank. See, most people don't realize that there are all those kind of perks with life insurance. So some people say, well, which one is better? And honestly, I can't say that for you. Some people term is better and some permanent. It really just depends. And that's why everyone is very unique. We'd have to look at your individual situation and decide what was right for you. But you do want to make sure that your income is covered times 10, right? Because if something is to happen to you, would your spouse miss your income? So you want to make sure there's enough there to cover for many years, as well as maybe covering your mortgage expense and student loans, whatever else is there. So we would definitely take a look at that and determine what is best for your family. But all I want you to do is just maybe do a little research and realize that it's so, so important for your family. Some people think, well, what does it matter? I'll be gone anyway. But we don't want to leave our family in a mess if anything should happen to us. So please, please reach out to me if you want to learn more about this. We also offer free upgrades on whatever your current plan is. We can take a look at it. If it looks good, we'll let you know. If we can do better, we'll let you know. You know, I had, Sean and I both had only $100,000 worth of coverage on our life and we were paying $75 each a month. And now we're getting a million dollars worth of coverage for half of that price. So it's pretty incredible. So um, if you want to schedule a time with me to go over anything financial, not just life insurance, anything, because it's not all we do. We don't just sell life insurance. That's only one thing that we do for people. But you can schedule that at blendedfamilypodcast.com slash schedule. And you'll see there, it'll say uh, free financial review. Schedule that with me and I'd love to sit with you. And of course, if you have any other questions, you can always email me, melissa at blendedfamilypodcast.com. All right. And I think that is all I'm going to go over for my announcements today because I do have that great interview for you. So please enjoy. And as it is the first show of the month, there will be a giveaway at the very end of the show. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. I'm super excited to welcome Jessie Norman to the show. She is going to be my co-host today, and she's got a beautiful blended family over in Texas. Jessie, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, and thank you for saying that. We're very proud of them, and we have been more than excited to do this with you for about a month. We've been looking forward to it, so I can't believe it's happening right now. Yes. Well, I'm so glad. I'm so glad, and um, I definitely want to learn more about you. So why don't you give us like a little brief introduction of your blended family? So my husband and I, we live in Texas, and um, we met, uh, I guess, about in 2013. I always tease. I used to get to kick my own husband's butt in the gym. I was actually his boot camp instructor. Nice. And um, we were eat. Those were in our previous lives. We were both each married at the time, and um, we knew we were cut from the same cloth. And and so at that time, he just kind of stepped into a big brother role for me because he's a little bit older. 
Um, and then my, our family moved away and we lost um, touch with each other. And then when we reconnected, unfortunately, we had both separated from our spouses. Um, he was looking for a home and I had gotten my real estate license when we moved. And so I helped him find a home. And I don't think we I don't think we've gone a day without talking since then. Um, so we got married two years ago this past weekend, I want to say. And um, so we've been blending our family for two years. We have five beautiful children. And even though he's a little bit older than me, our children are the exact same ages. So we ended up with two brand new sets of twins. So we have, uh, he has a 13, I have a 13. He has a 10, I have a 10. And then I have a little guy that's six. So... Wow. So big family. And (laughs) um, you live on a farm, don't you? Yes, we are farmers. We farm corn, soybean, wheat, and we have cattle. And then my husband uh, um, also sells seed, fertilizer, and chemical. And and so we're very busy. And so my job is really just to be a support for him to, I always say, I just try to make my husband into two people instead of one. And so, um, so I, I help with the, I'm in charge of the kids and the house and got a lot of dogs. And then I'm always just there for anything he needs, you know, to get parts or run guys from one field to another. I'm just another, another vehicle. So, wow. So, I mean, farm, farm life is very different from anything that I'm (laughs) ever used to. So what is it like with the kids and, and how, like, how is farm life different from, from what other people are doing? I'm I'm just curious. Well, we love it. Um, You know, some seasons we see Jay all the time, my husband. We see him all the time. And some seasons, if we want to see him, we have to go to the field, which I was raised kind of country. And so I really appreciated that life. And I love that we get to to um, let our kids experience it. But, you know, we're about to plant corn and soybean. That'll be 20-hour days for Jay or more. And so... So if we want to see him, we'll load up in the Jeep and we usually feed the crew. And so we'll go out there and feed them dinner and um, run around the field and ride the ride the, comb- uh, the planter with him or combine and harvest. And and so I, I really love it. Our kids love it so much. Um, and, you know, like I said, when we're not in those really busy seasons, he's at the school having lunches and he's you know, with me during the day can run some errands because he does a lot of his work from his phone. And so it it can be really flexible at times, but we really just really enjoyed it. Nice, nice. And so over in Texas, um, how far are you guys away from everything else in civilization? Are you guys close by or is you out there? No, we're not too far. We're only about 20 minutes northeast of McKinney. And so um, if we want to get to Dallas, we can get there in like 35 minutes. So we're we're kind of, um, we're very secluded. My husband keeps teasing me we're going to have to move to Oklahoma because the growth <laughs> is really following us. Yeah. But we're right on the Oklahoma, uh, you know, we're pretty close to the Oklahoma home of border. And um, the growth is just coming out toward us so um, fast. But, um, but yeah, we can, we can, we can get to the city pretty soon. 
That's nice. Yeah, I was going to say, with five kids, you don't want to be too far away from everything, even though my husband, that would be his dream. He he hates being around a lot of people because it's pretty congested <laughs> where we are. So Is he's it? always, yeah, he loves the city, but he also, like, if, if he had his way, he'd have a place in a city, and then he'd also have a place out in the country sure. just to, like, sure. run away from civilization for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. So you've got five kids and essentially two sets of twins in a way. They're, they're, they're yes. yours and his. So how yes. do all the kids get along? They, they're, it's perfect. It, we, um, kind of just took a step out of the way. We, we, you know, of course tried to micromanage it and we tried to create love and create loving relationships between them. And we figured out that we just didn't like them. You know, when you tell a child, go give him a hug or go tell him, you know, you love them or, you know, go tell your uncle you love them. I mean, when you're telling them to do those things, what does it mean, you know? And so we just wanted things to happen organically. And so we just got out of the way and we let go and they love each other. The five of them, they want to be together. They'll, you know, there was times when they were, there were times when they were on the trampoline for three to five hours, just hanging out the five of them. And I was like, why do our 13 year olds want to be with our six year old? And it's not that they love him, but they all just really want to be together. So they're always, you know, playing hide and seek in the house or, um, playing outside or they, they play a whole lot of basketball. And so we have a court here at the house since they all play, and, um, and they're always playing basketball together. Our 13 year olds, they get along so well in the funniest way because their leg language is wrestling and pulling hair and slapping <laughs> and, and we just laugh. I mean, it's just like, they're, it's like they're a real brother and sister and, um, the twins we call them are our 10 year old little girls and they're inseparable, inseparable. They don't really know what to do when the other one's not around, and, um, so I, we've just been like really taken aback by all of it. We weren't, we weren't really expecting it to go this way for a few more years. Yeah. Well, it is tough, but I think, um, a key is to what you said is that you didn't force anything. You kind of allowed Mm-mm. them to go at their own pace. And I think that that's better because when kids feel they have to be forced into loving and liking one another and spending time together, if they don't want to, that can be met with a lot of resistance. So I right. think that what you did was probably really, really good. Right. Um, so so how are the 13-year-olds doing as far as, you know, because it's that time. It's that. Yes. <laughs> the, t- yes. The, the ugly years is what I always call them on the show. Yes. But um, how are they are they approaching puberty and getting difficult or are they still uh still doing okay no um we've noticed it definitely my sister kind of warned me as soon as they turned 13 they would disappear into (laughs) their rooms and she said don't worry they'll come back but they will disappear and that's happened my little girl likes to just go into her you know it's kind of her sanctuary in there she goes in there and she does a lot of lettering and drawing and art so she loves to be in there And then, of course, our little boy just kind of likes to be in his room on his gaming or on his phone. And I think that that's really normal. Um, But at the same time, they're so loving and they're so respectful. And if we need them to come out and hang with the family, we don't get any pushback whatsoever. Um, A neat thing, too, to note when, when you were asking me that, it just reminded me, my little girl, Lily, she's a daddy's girl. And, um, so her whole, and I get that I'm one. And so I could recognize it, 
But it just seemed like at 13, and this is so odd, she flipped a switch. She just went to being a mama's girl. So she loves her daddy, but just at 13, all of a sudden it was, hi, mama, and just this tenderness in her voice. And I I don't know where it came from, and I I didn't expect it at all. But she's just super loving as of this year. Well, that's wonderful because yeah. in many cases, kids the go the opposite at thir- yes. especially girls at thirteen. Like my, both of my yes. girls actually moved out at thirteen, wow. um, and one of them was just behaviorally. She, I, I was very strict, and she didn't like that. Yes. And she wanted to do yes. her own thing. The other one, I don't know what happened. I mean, it was like what you said, but opposite. She turned thirteen, and she never wanted to be away from me at all. And she turned thirteen, and she was like, "Mom, I." I want to go yes. live with dad. And, but there was nothing yes. wrong between us. She just, but right. she, she actually always has been a daddy's girl. And so I, yes. I expected it to a certain extent, but, right. um, but yeah, it's just crazy because as they grow up, they go through these different phases and stages and you really don't know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. So right. I'm glad though, that she's kind of by your side at 13, because I feel like girls going through puberty really do need their mom. So that's yes. pretty cool. Yeah. It's been pretty surprising. Surprising. I, I I was a daddy's girl, and no matter how kind and nice I wanted to be to my mom, I I I, I would just walk. We had a long driveway, and I would get off the bus, and I would walk the whole driveway from the bus to my house, and I would just go, Lord, please let me be nice to her. Please let me be nice to my mom. Please don't let me be ugly. And I would walk in the house, and she would go, Hi, babe. How was your day? And I would be. It was fine. You know, like I had these horrible hormones or emotions that weren't me. I hated it. And I I hated that I had to wrestle with myself over that. But of course, if you can just hang on, you know, for a few years, then you'll get your best friend back. Um, But so far, I haven't lost mine. I've kind of gained a sidekick this year. Well, that's wonderful. My, my oldest had left for a while, like mentally, she just checked out for like a couple (laughs) of years. She was doing, she was doing all kinds of things and she's come back. And I tell you what, if she can come back after, I I don't, I mean, I've spoken about it a little bit on the show, some of her shenanigans, but she really was on a wrong path for a while and she came back and she is my best friend now. And so if she could then I think that there's hope for any child because we really oh. didn't know that if she was going to be okay because so, right. you know, so good. Well, they, they all have their own journey, don't they? Yes, they do. And that's a neat testimony from her. We're going to need her to be the next host. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so let's talk about discipline a little bit because you've got okay. five kids. There's got to be, yes. I know they're, they're pretty good kids, but there's got to be some form of discipline. Sure. And so how do you guys deal with it in your house? Because I know uh, you and your, we spoke a little bit prior and I know that you have a little bit different ways of parenting. So how did you get yes. through that? I don't know if it's a me and my husband thing or a woman and a man thing or a mom and a dad thing, but I'm just a lot more strict than him. He can be strict on certain things, um, but he just, to me, is just a lot more kind. And oh my goodness, he's not just a little bit more patient than me. He is in a different world than me. (laughs) And so I just want to grab him by his shoulders and just scream, go yell at them. Are you going to let them get away with that? And And so that's what I've had to learn. If anything else, the reason my husband and I are married is so that I can learn how to be more like him. And so he just, 
I, I hated the way he parented. I hated it. And I, I couldn't believe I'm more of a drill sergeant. And so I don't let them speak to me any certain way. I don't let them get away with anything. I don't pick my battles. I pick every single battle. And um, with him, it's just not that way. And I I hated it until I saw the way our our children just thrived under that direction. Mm. And instead of it, you know, we've talked about this on one of our um, episodes, but instead of it turning into like three or four hours of misery and fighting and talking and slamming doors and quiet and, you know, silent treatment, it just was this moment of correction. And then we all went on with our lives and it was just so nice. And so I'm learning every day. It's been kind of a tearing of this from my nature, you know, to be more like him, but I'm learning every day how to step into that. Wow. And so I think that that is really, really powerful. And I think you're right. I mean, I have the same problem with my husband where I was a little bit more the heavy and he wasn't. But what we're finding too is that he definitely helped me calm down because I was very uptight about everything. (laughs) I mean, when we met, my kids didn't even like, they were three and four. Five and they couldn't even like go up and down the stairs without me. Like okay. it was really bad. Yes. So, yes. So he's he's really taught me how to calm down and how to not yes. be so stressed out all the time. But at the same time, I think I'm also helping him be a little bit firmer because he was almost a little bit um, too laid back with certain things right. because he wasn't the custodial for so many years. Now he is the custodial, so I'm helping him a little bit. Sure. But I think that it really is good to balance each other out. And what you said was that your kids are thriving better under basically his type of leadership as a parent. And I think that that's something that you really need to know about your kids depending right. on how they are. Like some right. kids really don't do good with leniency because they will take advantage of the situation, but other kids do. And so I think you really need to know the kids and you need to find that right balance for your household that works for everybody. And it sounds like um, you're doing that. Has he taken any of your tips at all from your parenting style or has that not been necessary? No, he has. We definitely always... We always see the spectrum if I'm on one end and he's on the other. We always know the truth is somewhere in the center. And so... He is so patient and so laid back that sometimes he's a little aloof to what's really happening. And so uh, I'll have to kind of say like, hey, you know, uh, that one there, he's been on his phone for, you know, the past 13 hours. And it's like he he didn't really notice. (laughs) And so I'll say, you know, if you just kind of, you know, want to change that, what what do you think about it? And so, and I've also, I've also learned a way to phrase it to where he doesn't feel cornered or like I'm coming at him, but just, Hey, as parents, would you, do you want to do that? Or do you like that? Or, you know, would you like him to continue into his 14th hour of phone or, (laughs) you know, what would you want? And so we kind of keep humor in it and, um, respect each other while we're doing it. I know for the first year and a half, I probably was coming at him like, you have to tell her this, or you have to tell him this, or what, what are you even thinking by doing this? And it just was so incorrect. And so we, I had to make some huge adjustments. And I really appreciate that you are admitting that. And, you know, some people 
aren't good enough to take some critique or to try to change their ways. Uh, and I, like I said, I know from myself, I was a really strict parent too and, and mm-hmm. a control freak. And yes. so letting go of the control is right. also a big issue because even if you can forgive the crime, it's kind of like a principal thing when you're so mm-hmm. controlling and you want things to be dealt with in your way. And we all think mm-hmm. as parents that we have the best way. And I think it's important to realize that we're not always right and that we could take some guidance from somebody else. And um, so thank you for talking about that. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about your podcast because um, you've got a great show that you're doing with your husband. Thank you. Yeah, it's called the Moving On Podcast. Tell me a little bit about that, like why you started it, when you started it. We're, We're very new. We're noobs. And so that's actually how I found you. I wanted to see what was out there. We're not a blended family podcast. We're more for, um, we're more a grace and humility podcast where we just took a look at the internet and social media and just thought, let's throw our hat in the ring. You know, we know we're only one person or one podcast, but let's try to sway it for something more positive and drink. You know, if our children are going to be on their phones all the time, let's put something good on there. And so, um, so we started our podcast in the beginning of January. We have five episodes so far and are recording our sixth episode tonight. And, um, we are a blended family. So we do speak to blended families. Um, but we, we're having a blast. We, um, will sit down to our mics and it, it took us so long to figure out to start recording because I really just thought I I thought that I had to design the content. So I thought I had to say, Jay says this, then I say this, then Jay says this. And we're really, it's not that we, we kind of meet with each other and we kind of come up with five or six things that the Lord's revealed to us in the past couple of weeks. And we use that kind of as our talking points in our outline. And, you know, an hour and 20 minutes later, we haven't taken a breath um, and it was my baby. I wanted to do it. Um, I never really asked Jay to do it. He's not that, he's not that way. He doesn't like social media. He's very private. We're a big farmer in the area. And so we pretty much keep a tight lip on or did keep a tight lip on everything. And, and so he jumped in on the project and I, I was just like, no, that that's okay. You know, it's mine. It's fine. And he was like, no, I, I'm going to do this with you. And I remember we started our first recording and he said, hi, folks. And I was like, you're not the host. I'm the host. (laughs) And so it's just been so funny because out of it has come this man that has made this complete 180. People are like, I don't even know that to be my Jay Norman, you know, and um, he he is our host. I wouldn't have it no other way. He is our host. He leads us through the episode um, he stops my ramblings and he, he directs, directs the episode right where it needs to go in the neatest fashion. We'll listen back. And I'm like, how did you know to say that right then? You know, so it's just so God breathed and I'm so proud of him. It's made me a thousand times more attracted to, to him, if that is even possible. And, and so it's just been really good for our family. I love it so much, and I appreciate it because I think that there are not enough positive podcasts out there. You know, that's what I tried to create. When I think when I started, I started about, 
I think four years ago. And there was really nothing at that time right. for blended families at all. And now I see a lot of new shows popping up and I think that it's wonderful. And I oh. actually was listening to your first episode this morning and Thanks. you guys, uh, you guys have a great chemistry together. I really enjoyed Thank listening you. to it, but w- there was something I wanted to bring up that you guys talked about. And I just, I want you to talk about it here. Cause I think it's just a great idea. And you guys talk about, um, a process called dropping the rope. Dropping the rope. Yes. I want you to explain to my listeners because I think that in blended families, there's so much conflict all the time and there's so many reasons to be irritated and angry with one another and and for things to get heated. So I just love this. Can you please explain? Yes. I knew you were, that's where you were headed. So that is so funny, but We, you know, in every interaction that you get with your friends or your family or your children or your spouse, if you'll pay attention just how quickly it can turn into a tug of war, it could be about anything, food, love, um, finances, anything, it can turn into a tug of war so quickly. And my sister taught me about four or five years ago, if you will just drop the rope, if you will just drop your end of the rope. There is nothing for the other person to pull on. And we've just learned time by time that once you drop it, all of that negative energy just goes right out the window. It changes your demeanor. It changes your tone. It changes your attitude. And in doing that, it changes the whole other person's attitude, demeanor, everything. And so, and I'm an imagery person. And so whenever I get into a a fight or an argument or anything with anyone, I just imagine myself standing there tugging on that rope and just letting it go. And it has just helped our family so much. And so we talk about um, that a lot on our podcast. Well, I'm, I'm going to steal that from you and I'm going to implement it here at my house because it's so true. Good. Like I, I'm not a fighter, um, but there are some in my household that do like to argue. And, um, and I always, you know, I guess I've been doing that my whole life without putting a name on it. I just, I've learned to ignore certain things or to walk away because I know yes. that it's just going to get worse. Um, but I like putting the terminology on it, dropping the rope. Um, and have oh. you taught this to your kids as well? We for sure do. We always say it to our children. We've noticed that it can't be a demand because like you said earlier, when you're demanding their, your children to do something, they're kind of going to want to do anything but you're, you're demanding. And right. so we've just kind of gone to them and just said, look, you know, you've got it. You've got to drop the rope. You have got to let go in this. And and, um, and learn a different way to speak to them, learn, you know, talking about siblings, just learn a different way to speak with them. You're not going to get the results you're looking for going at it this way. And so just drop the rope and let's, let's look at it from a different way and let's take a breath. And like you said a minute ago, walking out of the room can be so helpful because our emotions, oh my gosh, feelings are not facts. And we just ride that wave of emotion into detriment, you know, and if you can just walk away, drop that rope and walk away. A lot of times as humans, we'll drop the rope, walk away, come back in the room and pick that rope back up. (laughs) And so (laughs) that's what we've had to learn is, is, um, is enough bravery to drop the rope, enough integrity to drop the rope, and then enough humility to not come back and pick it back up because you'll want to so badly. 
Um, but that's things that we're trying to practice in our home. Yeah, it's wonderful because people really can't argue with somebody who's not arguing back. And you so, can't. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this. Has that um, been essential at all dealing with either of your exes? How are the relationships with your exes and have you ever had to drop the rope with them? Of course. I mean, that's such a tricky relationship because I learned very quickly after my divorce, he doesn't owe me anything. You know, he doesn't he doesn't have a fear of being in the doghouse anymore. He's not going to sleep on the proverbial couch. There's he doesn't owe me anything. And so I lost so much control <laughs> in the divorce. And um, uh, luckily, I'm, I'm being funny because luckily he's one of my best friends on the planet. And so we can joke and laugh about this stuff. And, you know, he's joked before, you are not my mom. And we'll just get so tickled like, oh, I definitely forgot that. And um, and so we have a really, um, what is the word? I, I don't know, healthy, modern, progressive. Well, he's just pretty much... Um, one of my best friends, like I was saying, and, you know, him being the father of my children puts him over so many people that you wouldn't think, you know, his livelihood and his happiness, because he's the father of my small children, it has to come above that of my mom and dad or my sisters and brothers, or, you know, our, our in-laws, he, he has to come first right after our family because he's the dad of my children. And so um, I'm sure it's odd to some people or makes people a little uneasy or um, it's new, but I hope it will be the norm soon because our children really do, th I, I'm using the word thrive so much, I should have looked up synonyms, but <laughs> they just really do. They just flourish and they're so happy and there's there's not any tension. That doesn't mean my husband and my ex-husband go fishing together. I hear of that all the time. And I'm like, when are you going to go fishing with him as a joke? They don't speak. They don't have a relationship. Um, but we just, they're adults. They're adults and they go about it in an adult way. And maybe in the next year or few years, that will change. Um, but just because we're not all vacationing together and fishing together doesn't mean that we can't be adults and have an adult divorce. Well, I want to stay on this a little bit on this topic because um, it, and I don't think that it's weird or unusual that people look at that funny. I think the reason that people think it's, it's strange is because they can't achieve it in their own house. And um, it says a lot about you as a person and what you've created. And it also, I understand that sometimes it's just dynamics and chemistry between people. Right. And sometimes, the, you know, certain divorces, there's so much bitterness from things that went on that you can't yes. have a good relationship. And I get that. But I right. want to just talk about it a little bit more because this is something definitely to strive for. And even if people think it's weird... Everybody wishes that they had that, and I know that that is true. I mean, nobody wants to not get along with an ex. It makes things very challenging. Right. So maybe you can share some tips um, on how how did you go about, or did it just come easy to you, or did you have to really work at cultivating a relationship like that after your divorce? No, it came easy to us. I have a very amazing ex-husband. And so we knew we kind of waited through a divorce for three or four years. Mm. And, um, and so whenever we were done, we were done. And, um, and so he's just a very amazing human being. Um, 
he isn't remarried. And so we don't have that tension. I'm sure that's something that we'll have to wade through when we do that. But, um, you know, we'll go through, not seasons, but we'll go through moods, I guess you could say. And so whenever I I'm a pulse taker. And so whenever I'm, I'm realizing that he's not really feeling me, I just kind of disappear for a couple of days and get out of his hair because we do live close and we are such good friends that you will often find me in his living room. And so I think maybe I'll give him some space from that, you know? And so, um, so I do try to step out of his life as much as I can, but since we get along so well, that's kind of hard. Um, but with him, it's just respecting him and him respecting me. And we communicate a lot. I'm an over communicator. And so if I feel like he is kind of talking to me odd or there's a weird energy, I kind of want to know right then what it, what's going on. And so we'll talk about it and, and, um, we don't, we don't usually let a lot go without discussing it. Nice. Now, I, I'm going to ask you this because I feel like all of the listeners are thinking it, is does your husband get jealous at all of the relation, of the great relationship that you have with your ex? Oh, I pray not. And okay, I good. don't ever want to disrespect my husband. And that's always a thought. Um, I, uh, get, I get my little children... And then an hour and a half later, I get my older child from school. That's how our carpool runs. So we have an hour and a half lull. And I can't really come home because we don't live close. So I would essentially be coming home, touching the lawn, going back to get her. So every day, that's a thing where I just kind of let them go see their dad. And so in a way to respect my husband, I stay in the driveway. And mm-hmm. because it would be so easy for me to go in, hang out with my ex and be with the kids and us all just, and there's no tension. It's a good relationship. That would be healthy. But with my ex, you know, he's, uh-uh, sorry, with my husband, he's never said anything about it, but I want to respect him enough. So I stay in the driveway So I'm not usually a person that has a lot of boundaries. I was telling you offline that I'm Cajun, so I'm kind of an open (laughs) book and don't have a lot of boundaries, and that can get me in a lot of trouble. And so I am learning that and learning learning things that maybe would help my marriage rather than add a little bit of hurt. Yeah, and and you said your ex doesn't have a partner right now, but of course, Mm -mm. if that should happen, that might change the dynamic too, I think. It for sure will, and so I try to be ready for that. I'm an empath, so I look at things from all different angles all the time. And um, and so it is going to be very different. Um, but right now, this is our situation. Nice, nice. So, um, and your husband, how how does he get along with his ex? Oh, I can't really speak for them. They're adults. They do, you know, they do a good job being adults to where the children are really thriving. But I don't, I don't think either one of them would want me to describe anything that's going on. And they're they're, they're both very private. So gotcha, gotcha. Well, we'll leave that alone. Now, (laughs) um, one of the things that I know, because we had spoken previously that I know you're really um, doing well with in your household is that you speak about all of the parents in a very positive light to the kids. Oh, yes. So talk about that a little bit, why you think that's important and how you think it's really helped in your house. It all started um, 
it all started, their mom um, has a line of different things, whether it's um, um, sheet spray or linen spray or, or detergent. She's a creator, and so she makes her own things. And and so it all started where the kids and I, we were doing really well, but they're uh, always looking for ways to improve the relationships. And so um, we had gotten a bottle of laundry detergent from her, and I had set it forefront and center in our laundry room and didn't think anything of it. And I was in one of the back rooms, and they both, both of them, come bursting through the door. And they're like, Jesse. Jesse, that's our mom's detergent. That's our mom's detergent. Just screaming and bouncing around the room. And did you know that? Where did you get that? Did you know that? And they were so proud. And I just knew in that moment, I was like, that's the answer. It, the The way to love on my stepchildren is to um, honor their mom in this home. And so um, it's just, it's where we're all missing the mark. Um, and so... I tease they're kind of like little blood bloodhounds <laughs> when you when you try to fake it and you try to in a fake way honor their parent they're going to know they see the little looks you'll make to your spouse or they'll hear the tone in your voice they're not stupid and they they can figure it out and so that's something that we really have had to go to the Lord and lay it all down and ask Him to transform our view, because it's so hard, our view of that person because our relationships with our stepchildren are at stake. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry, this was such a powerful statement. The way you love your, your stepchildren is to honor their parent in your house. I yes. just— Love that so much. And you are so right that everybody is missing the mark there. And people just don't understand that every child has a parent and they don't want to hear bad things about their parent no matter what. Even if they don't like their parent right now. um, As a step parent, you're really, really bringing up a good point. And I really want everybody to hear it. I'm going to repeat it one more time. The way to really show love for your stepchildren is to honor their parent in your own home. That is beautiful. I love it. Oh, thank you so much. Okay, so we're, we're kind of approaching the end here, but I always ask my co-host the same five questions. Are you okay. ready for those, Jesse? I, I am almost ready. <laughs> almost ready? Okay. <laughs> so number one is, uh, what is the thing you love most about your blended family? They're crazy. I always tease. It's like we have, we're having a kegger here, but without the alcohol, it is just absolutely bonkers. I know one of the very first, um, nights that I realized this was going to be our new life and be this crazy. Um, we were at dinner or lunch. We had missed church. So we were streaming our pastor on the laptop one of our children had run outside to pet the dogs and wasn't feeling well. And he was trying to tell me about that and threw up on the window. At the same time, (laughs) another child had run in the room, turned her body to us and tooted for all of us to hear. (laughs) And then the other three are like wrestling on their chairs. And I just looked at my husband and we just kind of, I just kind of held my glass of wine up to him like, congrats, you know, like this is your life right now. Like it all happened in the same few little moments. And 
it, they are just the craziest individuals you've ever been around in your life. And to me, I like that because it means that they're comfortable here and all of them, they're all comfortable in this space to be their craziest self. And when we drive down the highway and it's the seven of us in a car, you can't even hear your own thoughts. I mean, it's just that they are breaking the sound barrier all at the same time. And so I think that's my favorite thing, just how crazy they are. And I'm glad that you can look at that in a positive light because yes. some people just think, you know, they, they, it's, you have to, like you said, you have to shift your perspective and say, yes. it's not always going to be like this. And you know what? They're fun. And at least we have some interesting stories. Yes. Uh, Cause I used to get frustrated over that too. I used to try to sit down for dinner and one of them is burping and one of yes. them is passing gas and they're, they yes. won't sit down. And I used to get so frustrated, yeah. but it is good to just laugh at that and say, you know what? They're not always going to be like this. And why? Why can't right. I look at this like it's fun and crazy, right. like you said? So that's wonderful. I love your perspective, Jesse. Uh, number two, what's the biggest challenge right now in your blended family? I think just my husband and I, like I said, being so different in how we were raised because we both were raised, you know, country and um, simple. Um, but, you know, he was raised in the farming community in in Texas, and I was raised in the Cajun community in South Louisiana. And that's two totally different backgrounds. And so trying to mesh into one, just like every other marriage, but then having a blended family on top of that, I find that to be most difficult. But I find it to be like a neat challenge every day to see like what's going to come and how do I do. It kind of gives me a chance to shine or not. Yeah, that's amazing. Amazing. And number three, if you knew then what you know now, what is one thing that you might have done differently when you first blended? Hmm. I think we would have started our podcast way earlier, but I believe in timing. So I'm sure that definitely had an amazing space. Um, I, I think that we would have learned I would have loved to have learned in the first month um, how to start dropping the rope on the regular instead of after two full years. Yeah. Yeah. But at least you got that because some people yeah. still haven't learned that after many, many years. Yes. So that's good. But I love that. Uh, number four, what's something that you know you're doing right in your blended family? Something that you're really proud of? Um... Let's see. Something that we're really proud of is, um, I guess what we were talking about a minute ago is that we, you know, we always honor their mom and dad here at this house. We don't, you know, you kind of think, you know, when someone dies and you're afraid to talk about them because maybe that's uneasy for the person or mm -hmm. it's almost kind of the same thing with a, with a ex-spouse it feels like is, are their are their pictures supposed to be here? Are we supposed to talk about them? And we just kind of dropped that, that facade and that, you know, illusion. And we just, we, we bring them up in conversation and we want them to feel comfortable bringing them up in conversation. And, you know, I gave my stepdaughter a hug the other day and, um, I was like, Oh my gosh, you smell so good. You know, your mama's spray smells so good. And it was like, you just sort of seen the smile on her face. She was just so proud. And so I guess what I'm most proud of is, um, 
just the way my husband speaks about their dad to them, like, how's dad? Or do you want to co-call dad? Or, you know, just it's a real positive experience. And then the same with me and their mom. Well, I would agree after everything that we spoke about. um, I definitely think that is something that you're doing right. And I think it's something that you should be proud of because uh, more people need to be that way and stop being so afraid to talk highly of the other parent. Um, It really makes the kids feel horrible. And just like you said, she had a big smile on her face. That's always the way it's going to be when you talk about, you know, positively about the other parent. You're going to get a smile out of those kids. It's great. Right. And the last question is, if you had one piece of advice to offer the rest of the listeners today, what would it be? Drop the rope. Just drop it. Just drop it. I promise you, um, a few hours after you do it, you will never go, I wish I wouldn't have dropped that rope. Like you, it's just like going to the gym. You're not going to ever be like, I hate that I worked out today. You're just always going to be so proud of yourself and proud of the situation that you created by being a mature adult and dropping the rope. Yeah, and I think you'll realize how quickly things fizzle out when you do that. Gosh. So you can spend your energy on something else. So that is wonderful. Um, can you tell everybody how exactly to find your podcast and your website? Yes, thank you. So our website is just www.movingonpodcast.com. Um, one word. And if you want to search for us on social media, um, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, just moving on podcast, three words will get you to us. Okay, good. And I encourage everybody to go check out our podcast, support these guys. They're fairly new at the podcasting game, but you wouldn't know it by listening. They did a really great job. And um, Jesse, are you in our private Facebook group? I am. Good. Okay. So for the listeners, if you want to connect with Jesse also, uh, when I post this show in the Facebook group, which is blendedfamilypodcast.com slash group, I will tag her in it so you can connect with her, check out her podcast. Uh, don't forget to drop the rope. And, um, and her best piece of advice, of course, is uh, loving your stepchildren by honoring their other parent. Jesse, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was fabulous. This was way more fun than I even thought it was going to be. So thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jesse Norman. I know I had a lot of fun talking with her. And as promised, I have a giveaway for you today. As many of you know, the first show of the month is supposed to be my giveaway show. I know that I'm not always consistent with that, but I'm trying to get back to it. And anyone who's part of my list is automatically entered in to win. So if you're not already a part of my list, just go to blendedfamilypodcast.com slash subscribe, and you will automatically be entered in anytime I do one of these. And so today's winner is going to receive a copy of one of the five Love Languages books. And the winner is Stacy Hawley, which is stacyhawley1975 at Gmail. I will be contacting you to arrange shipping on that. And for everyone else, don't forget to join my list. And I hope you all have a wonderful week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.